It is exactly 16 minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talk. Uh, we've had an absolutely amazing time with uh, Dr. Sipo Sitoli throughout the course of this evening. And as we mark Freedom Day and we are taking a look at the role that music has played in our liberation struggle, we catch up now with Sherry Simpson-Dean. She is a producer of the 2003 documentary Amandla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony. Now, this is a documentary that uses exclusive interviews as well as rare, never-before-seen film footage to document the vital role that music has played in the nearly half-century struggle against apartheid in South Africa. It's also said that this inspirational documentary, which took a whole nine years to make, and I guess this is commonplace for documentaries. They do take a long time. But this documentary is a testimony to the power of song and its ability to fuel the struggle for freedom. Joining us now all the way from the U.S., Sherry Simpson-Dean. Sherry, so good uh, to be talking to you this evening. I know it's evening for us, but um, I think it's morning for you. (laughs) Yes, hello, Tommy. It is wonderful to be here. Happy Freedom Day to you and to everyone there. I'm I'm actually coming to you all from Oakland, California, and it is uh, just approaching afternoon here. Yes, still morning. It's now, a pleasure to be with you. It's awesome to have you here, Sherry. Now, now talk to us about the role um, that music played in the liberation struggle in South Africa. You were pretty much at the forefront of that um, as far as documenting this along with the director, Lee Hirsch. Um, talk to us about how it came about that your interest for the liberation struggle in South Africa was piqued and why music specifically as the area of focus for the documentary Amanda, which is an Emmy award-winning documentary, might I add? Yeah, thank you, Tommy. Yeah, you know, the impetus for Amandla really comes directly from South Africa's people. You know, here in the United States, we had, um, which was before my time, but the civil rights struggle, which has so many parallels. And music has always been a way to catalyze people um, because it brings forward the emotional um, complexity, really, and is able to express that powerful yearning. Um, In the case of America, we had um, We Shall Overcome that became a rallying cry. And so song itself is... Um, The way we looked at it with Amandla, it was clearly at the time during the struggle, it was self-expression, but it also provided a galvanizing tool um, as anthems came forward, as people began to relate to one another through song. And so, um, you know, song has just been a powerful tool all over the world to um, express the possibilities for a future um, that is really fermented with the emotion of the time. And I, you know, starting out um, with the Mandla, I basically was very, very inspired by the songs um, that were filtering to the United States at that time. Chuma um, Sakela, Mary Makeba, of course, were ambassadors of song, um, and those songs reached my house in growing up in New York. Uh, my mother was a school teacher and played those songs and really um, just expressed how powerfully we might not have been living in South Africa, we may not have had the same circumstances exactly, but as black folk growing up 
um, in New York City, we were touched by that music. That stuck with me um, when the director of Amandla reached out. Um, I was a film producer living in Los Angeles, um, and the director of Amandla and I teamed up to really tell the story. And I'll just add one quick note. Um, on our first trip to South Africa, we didn't know, as Americans coming there, whether or not it was a mythology that this music was so powerful, or if, in fact, it would be really documenting the truth of this movement to really state that song was at the heart of so much of the change. Um, but what we did was we said, hey, this is a story that has to be told by the voices of South African people who have had direct contact with song as a powerful force in the movement. Um, and so that's what we did. It began a journey on that first trip in 95 to really document uh, through the voices of South African people how music made all the difference in the struggle. And, and Sherry, when we return in just a moment, let's talk about your first trip to South Africa in 1995 and how you actually got to meet uh, former President Nelson Mandela. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. We're talking to the producer of the award-winning, Emmy award-winning documentary, Amandla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony. Sherry Simpson-Dean joining us all the way from Oakland, California tonight. It is exactly 22 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is Metro FM Talk. We're in conversation with producer of the award-winning documentary Amandla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony. But take a listen to this audio track from the trailer of that documentary. Sherry, I'm sure that just takes you way down memory lane as you listen to that, that promo for... <laughs> how, how does it actually feel? And, 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 and who are some oh of the people that, that you interviewed? I mean, you've got the likes of Vusi Matlasela, um, you've got, uh, you know, Miriam Makeba. Talk to us about some of the luminaries and some of the individuals that you actually uh, spoke to for the docky. Yes, thank you, Tommy. And it does bring me way back. Um, it's just joyful. I'm sitting here smiling. And um, I have to say, you know, luminaries, perfect word, um, because the luminaries are not only the incredible people, Mir Makeba, Hima Fekela, Ambogeni Ngema, um, uh, Sophie Amtina, um, Dali Rotebi, all those of them rest in peace. Um, but also, you know, just the luminaries being the everyday people who we spoke with, who were part of the struggle at that time. Um, you know, and not that they're everyday because they're extraordinary people, but Safiso and Tuli, who, um, whose voice you heard at the beginning of the trailer, um, you know, incredible, incredible um, activist, um, who's a DJ at the time, um, just people who really gave their lives in so many ways um, for the struggle, but really found their voice through this music. Um, Abdullah Ibrahim, um, you know, plays an extraordinary role in talking about what it was like to be in exile and to be longing to come home and to not be able to get back to South Africa, but creating music from afar that then came back to inspire the struggle. Um, and so there was this beautiful um, way that music was a carrier of not only hope um, and inspiration and not to... Um, glorify or simplify it, but you know, people put their lives on the line for this for this music because, of course, you know, at the time under apartheid, it was illegal to sing so many of these songs. So, um, just 
you know, really rest in peace to some of our leaders, but um, but just so happy that we had the opportunity to document um, the songs. There's also the Amandla album. It's a um, album of songs that, uh, you know, we recorded many, many of them in the streets, but really captured freedom music and its power. You mentioned earlier on in our conversation, Sherry, that you, one of the reasons why you and the crew and Lee came to South Africa and one of the questions you had while you were coming here was to really discover whether this power of music was a mythology or that music was really as powerful as it was said to be. Would it be correct to say, Sherry, that music is really what raised the attention of the international community to the struggle in South Africa, that that was one of the key drivers or one of the key conduits for the South African struggle to the international community? Yes, without without question. You know, what we knew um, in the States, even back in the 80s, I was um, working as a, an intern um, on Capitol Hill uh, in the office of Mickey Leland, who at that time was the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. And I'll never forget, you know, as an intern peeking around the corners of Congress, um, I saw Stevie Wonder in a fur coat walking down the hallway um, of the Rayburn Building in Washington, D.C., in Congress with Mickey Leland. And we sat down, we had a meeting about how musicians um, in America um, were not going to certainly play Sun City at the time in protest of apartheid, but also um, that songs would be created to help inspire and amplify um, what was going on. But, of course, the key to that was the inspiration, mainly, I would say, of Mary Makeba, who spoke on the floor of the United Nations um, many years prior to that to say, please turn attention to what is happening in South Africa. And as an international museum of great renown, um, she did so much to raise her voice. And, of course, Hima Sakela. But they... In the interviews that we did for Mandla, you know, this was not a film nor a story about only the luminaries and those who were at the height of uh, of turning the struggle because of their power, like Himasakel and Mer Makeba, um, but attention was turned to the folks on the ground in South Africa who were singing these freedom songs in the streets, holding off tanks at a point um, in the struggle. And so, again, you know, it's not just a biblical um, you know, reminiscence of David and Goliath is not just, you know, reminiscent of the civil rights struggle. What we saw and documented was the power of a community um, on the ground in South Africa carrying and really passing the baton to these great voices who then were able to um, influence, you know, use their power of influence to raise awareness everywhere they went. Um, and that's how so many of us in the States um, really became just committed to seeing what we could do to make a difference. The way I could make a difference was to go, um, again, with my uh, you know, partner in this film, the Hirsch to South Africa, to document the stories. And we recognized that it was not how quickly we could get this film out, but really how we could find the people who could really thread this story together most powerfully. Uh, it took nine years, but it was worth it.
it, it certainly was worth it. And, and we'll go back before we finish our conversation, which will be in just a, a minute or so, as to where people can still access the documentary. But talk to us about when you met uh, Tatu Madiba, Nelson Mandela, and how that actually came about and how you saw that as some sort of a sign for Amanda. Yes, thank you, Tommy. Um, well, I landed in South Africa in 1995. As I said, I um, hit the ground running. Um, fortunately, I had met, I'm sure many uh, people there uh, know the name of the late, great Welcome M. Somi, who um, I had connected with. Um, he was working at the time in arts and culture within the government. He uh, invited me to come to a meeting um, at, of the ANC at the Carlton Hotel, I was exhausted after getting off a plane, but I said, of course, I have to go and see what this is about. And they, uh, the hotel lost my rent-a-car. So I was standing outside waiting for at least an hour trying to find this car when uh, the president of your beautiful country, Nelson Mandela, rolled up um, with his team coming into another uh, quieter meeting at the hotel. And um, he got out of his car, welcomed and family, fortunately, was standing with me, and I met Nelson Mandela at that time. And um, I have to say, you know, for those of us who have met him in person, um, absolutely speechless uh, to be landing and then meeting the president. And his words to me were, um, really, song is what kept people alive um, on Robben Island and so many places, and that if this film could be made, um, it had to be told. It was a story that had to be told. So I got, you know, encouragement at that moment. And honestly, at that point, you know, there's no going back. You can't say no to Nelson Mandela or give up. Um, So we are just so grateful for his leadership and the moral um, compass that he was. And it helped guide uh, all those days that looked like we weren't going to be able to make this film. Um, Just kept us going and so grateful for, you know, who he was for the world. Oh, beautiful. Sherry, it's always so awesome talking to you, my dearest sister, um, and for the work that you continue to do as far as like raising consciousness, you know, through the arts and through education as well. But before we wrap up today, I'm sure someone is listening at home and saying, where can I watch Amanda? I want to hear what it is that is in this documentary that took nine years to make. Where can people still access the, the, the document? Yes. Yes, thank you, Tommy. Um, Netflix in some regions um, still has the documentary, um, and it's re-released um, from time to time on YouTube and Amazon. So um, if you'd like to see the film, I, I'd say the best bet would be to go to Amazon, um, and the film is there. So um, please check it out. And again, the soundtrack um, is also available on Amazon, A Mandla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony. Sherry Simpson-Dean, sending you much love and and gratitude. Bless you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you for all you do as well. And talk to you soon. Happy Freedom Day, everyone. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Bless you. That's Sherry Simpson-Dean, producer of the award-winning, Emmy award-winning documentary, Amanda, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony.